Welcome to the ABCs of Matrescence. We are two mamas, Emma and Mackenzie. We both have 14-month-old boys, and we are here to chat with you about all things real motherhood, from A to Z and everything in between. Matrescence is the process of becoming a mother, and that is what we are bringing for you today. So welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hi, guys. Welcome to episode nine. We appreciate you joining us so much. Um, so last episode, we chatted about our favorite things from the first year of motherhood. So that was fun. And we got a lot of positive feedback and comments on what y'all's favorite things were. So we, as always, appreciate that interaction. And yeah, just a quick reminder to check us out on Instagram. And if you have like a mom friend or something like that, somebody you know that might be interested in what we share and our podcast and all that jazz, please, you know, refer them our way. So just trying to grow our little community here. So real talk. It's time. COVID-19. Dun, dun, dun. I shouldn't make fun of it, but I don't know what else to do at this point. So how are you doing? It's like, you just have to, I mean, okay, how am I doing? I think that sometimes I feel like the meme, it's fine, you know? (laughs) Oh, I know. I've only shared it with you 12 times this week. (laughs) And then other times I'm really like, it actually is fine. So I feel like I go for varying degrees of the spectrum. Today I went grocery shopping, obviously solo. My husband was home with Emerson and even though it should have been like, okay, a chance to get out of the house, this and that. I just felt riddled with anxiety, like my mask, my Lysol wipes, like, you know, avoiding, you know, running into anybody in the grocery store. Like it, it just is, it's such an intense time in so many ways. And I think that can just be so daunting. Even something as simple as like going to the grocery store is, is an event, you know? Oh, yeah. I know. Trust me, last, it's been actually a couple of weeks since I've gone. Um, We've done delivery. I think I am going to actually go to the store this weekend. But the last time I was kind of excited, like this weird, nervous energy to get out of the house. And then when I got there and it was like mask and this and that. And then like, I realized I accidentally scratched my face or something and I panicked. And I was just like, okay, this is not this is not a fun get out of the house experience. You know, this is just a little anxiety inducing. So, and I'm not super panicky about it, but you know, we are avoiding going where we can. So. Exactly. Yeah. I think it was just the, the fact of the matter is as I'm driving there, I'm aware of there, you know, there's so few cars on the road there. Every business just looks like a ghost town and you just are reminded of just what a strange time this is for everybody. Oh yeah. And then you realize you're trapped in the house with a, you know, 14-month-old dictator. <laughs> Big time dictator. Oh my gosh. So uh, many, so many personalities these yeah. days. It's Mul- a lot, many so. multiple in, in in like often like a 10-minute time frame. And know? I say that, but I I'm the same way at the moment. I mean, most of it's, it's dictated by him, but you know, yesterday we had like a really tough day. He was just and I was not much better. And yet today I'm like, do do do. He was wonderful. He was so cute. He was so sweet. And I was just bebopping around. It was a beautiful day. And so I'm like, well, either, you know, he's the bipolar one or I am and he gets it for me. So who knows? Well, I not saw to today make fun um, of mental illnesses because I saw a good. Funny, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just, just disclaimer. Sometimes I make jokes and people don't find them funny because, you know, nothing is okay to joke about. So. But you are funny, so we well, can we, we can we can both agree on that one. Trust I think me. I'm funny, at least after a glass of wine or five. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I haven't had five glasses of wine in like ten years. Please. I know. Throw throw back to the early twenties. What beautiful yeah. what beautiful those, glory days those were. Those days are long gone. But yeah. anyway, so what have you been doing to keep your sanity these last? I started to say a few weeks, but gosh, like month. Yeah, um, I would say the combination of walks outside when the weather permits and. 
you know, some wine here and there, like a beer. My husband and I the other day just shared a beer on the patio. And, you know, it's not so much like, again, we're not like, you know, 21. We're not having six beers. But there's something nice about You didn't nice get hammered just- off half a beer? <laughs> that Girl, is I shocking tried. to me. I tried. I was like, I'm going to rage with my half a beer. <laughs> I actually mentioned to my husband that y'all shared a beer. And he looked at me like that was the most insane thing he'd ever heard. He was like, half a beer? I was like, I know. You, okay. you did not share your beer. Well, you need to... Have your husband check out the Instagram picture of Emerson holding the beer because actually it's like this craft beer. It's this funky brewery. It's like a double IPA. I don't know. It's very strong for me. So, hey. Might have been like a high gravity. Whatever. I'll give it to you. It's fine. I mean, I'm not encouraging you to go like get drunk at five o'clock with your Wait, I didn't tell you we were up in a hot air balloon because altitude plays a role. Oh, well, there you go. Living the dream. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, not not, not too much hot air ballooning going around around here. But yeah, so I would say a little bit of that, definitely some chocolate or ice cream. There were definitely two gelato pints that just hopped their way into my cart. Talenti? I don't know. Do you like that brand? Yep. Uh, It's been so long. I've been dairy free for so long. I don't even know. But every time I I like brand, every time I buy feta cheese, I think of you. I know. It's sad. One day. Soon, 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 soon. Ish. One day this kid has to get off my boobs. So I was gonna say I was gonna say how soon actually, because that yeah. is one of our topics for tonight. TikTok, <laughs> we shall see. So uh, Yeah. Well I've been hey. doing about the same, but so what have been some of your kind of highs and lows for the week? I would say my low was just kind of the realization that we are definitely weeks, likely months away from ever feeling like we'll have like a caregiver back in the house. You know, just we have a couple wonderful nannies that just come very occasionally, only, you know, minimal hours per week, certainly just extremely part-time because just when I go out and teach Pure Bar or whatever, run errands on, on another day. But just the reality of the fact that obviously my husband's in the hospital, he's working in the emergency room. It's not really, you know, conducive to having other people in our home at this time just to keep everybody safe. And so I think that's just challenging, kind of realizing that, you know, we're getting into spring and summer's right around the corner and I might be looking at lots and lots and lots of mama and Emerson time. So I just felt a little bit like, okay, you know. that's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot because it's it's just going to be a while. It's not yep. just like when we, this all started, it was like, okay, maybe a few weeks. And, it, you know, even if things change in May, they're not just going back to normal. That's not the way this is going to play out. So I think everybody's kind of happened to come to that realiz- realization and how it affects their life individually. Exactly. And I realize this is a pretty small, small thing, right? I mean, I just got off the phone with my dad earlier and he's concerned for his businesses. I mean, that's a much more major thing than me not having a nanny. So I completely realize that it's extremely relative and it's also, you know, very much a Well, but I think you're allowed to catch yourself some slack that like, you know, parenting 24-7 is a lot. I mean, you know, yeah, everybody has their own, you know, stuff going on. But, you know, that's a it's a big thing. It's 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 exhausting, you know. And, so. you know, the the other thing about it is, yeah, obviously it's exhausting. I, I couldn't agree more. But I think the other thing that makes me a little sad, and I know we touched on this a bit earlier this week, was that, you know, it's so nice for me to know that when a nanny comes over here or when I take Emerson to a music class or when we go to the library, he's being stimulated in a way that I am not able to do for him when it's just us in the house for yet the millionth day in a row, you know? Well, so it's, I think it's I just not feel just like, grieving oh. like that it's annoying that, you know, 
you have to stay home and sometimes that gets tiresome. But it's also the fact that you don't get to teach Pure Bar, which is an outlet for you. True, that there's that You don't too. get to take Emerson to do all these fun springtime things as he's a toddler and getting to be a fun age. So it's more than just, you know, you're stuck at home and that's a bummer and, you know, honestly kind of tedious some days. But it's grieving the loss of, you know, a lot of this time and a lot of the, the things we wanted to do and enjoy doing with our with and without our kiddos, which is all valid. So. so true. And then you can't help but think about how, you know, it's affecting you. Then you think of how it's affecting other people. And like like we, in the springtime, my husband and I love to go to a tulip farm. It's called Wicked Tulips. It's here in, in Rhode Island. And it's just phenomenal. It's an entire tulip farm. People go and you walk through the tulip fields, you take a million pictures, and then you get to have a dozen tulips. That's part of it. You pick your tulips and you That's they so package cute. them up for you. Yeah, they stay beautiful for like a week and a half. It's so much fun. So I was like, initially like, oh, bummer, we were going to take Emerson and take pictures of him with tulips. It was going to be precious. And then I was like, wait a second, like, obviously I'm bummed personally, but like, I'm sitting there thinking now, this is the people that own this. This is their whole livelihood. Their entire year is based around the tulip farm being open for three weeks. Yep. And it yep. was just it's like, really it just tough. hit me, you know, just things like that, I think can just kind of blindside you. And you're like, wow, this is, this is so tough for so many people in a million different ways. So absolutely. Yep. Definitely some lows. Yep. And my highs would just be getting some quality time with my husband. We had some nice time with him over the weekend, which isn't always the case that he's home. And so we enjoyed it. So yeah, that's awesome. What about you guys? Um, I would say starting off with the low, I've just had a hard time falling into the comparison trap, I guess, since all of this started. Um being on social media, everybody is posting all the cool sensory bins they're doing and their creative activities. And I just cracked up. I saw a specific one the other day and I've had multiple people mention it to me and it was like, put paint in a Ziploc bag and let your kid mush it around. Oh my. I gave my kid a Ziploc bag the other day and within 30, not even 30 seconds, three seconds, he had the thing ripped open and I did mention it to my husband. He goes, oh yeah, you want to load that with paint? You know, and it's just stuff like that, though, that like I fall into the comparison trap of I I see all these people being so creative and that's not my natural personality. And then I feel guilty because I'm worried if I'm not stimulating him enough and not entertaining him enough. I mean, you've talked about that a lot. And so it's just hard not to go down that rabbit hole and beat myself up about it and and realize that no those may not be my strengths but I have plenty of other strengths as a mom and I'm trying to remember that and also just stay off social media on those days that I just can't can't take all that in so yeah and above all it seems like a very wasteful thing to do with rice to fill a plastic bin filled with tons and tons of rice yeah i'm having a hard time wasting food product (laughs) on that kind of thing right now but i ordered stuff to make play-doh play-doh and also food dye that's you know art and all natural and yada yada because i'm a weird hippie dippy about that god forbid my child touch food dye well Um, i I wouldn't want emerson anywhere near red 40 either so i hear you it's just everything goes in his mouth right now so you know i don't Mm -hmm. have any doubt but so we're gonna we're gonna do a few things next week but either way i'm i'm trying to just take a step back and realize he's still really little and it's okay that i'm not the most you know pinterest worthy mom of the year but i'm doing my best and he's a happy healthy kid so totally and like we were saying about about food, even even just today, you know, we take all this time, we make a you know meal for them, and we're cooking, and we're trying to feed ourselves, feed them, and they throw it all on the floor. So it's also like a reminder that, yeah, you could have cut you know cucumbers into star shapes, and he's still going to throw them on the floor. So at the end of the day, just slice the cucumbers. Yep, amen. Breach. 
Um, and I'd say my high this week has just been, so I've been doing some Zoom personal training sessions and that's been really fun. And, and just awesome. the Zoom thing in general, like I was very skeptical. I was like, this is not going to work, but I'm training like a couple of girls together and it's actually been really fun. One is actually a previous client that moved to Texas and one's here. So it's just really neat to like be able to still have that connection. I also did a good little Zoom happy hour thing with some girlfriends, my best girlfriends from childhood. And it was just such a pick me up to see everybody. And it was really, truly almost like we were just hanging out in the same room because we didn't have an agenda. We were just all chit chatting. And so I was a little reluctant to do some of that at first and felt like, Ugh, you know, that's just not my jam. But it really has been a big addition. And I'm, I'm happy that people are jumping on board that I think it will help get everybody through this time. Not to mention, we should all take some stock out in zoom. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Of course, they're also getting lawsuits left and right, because I don't That's think they true. were quite prepared for this amount of attention. So, you know, but That's I'm not true. hating on them. They're doing working on my end. So yeah, hey, I, I agree. Yeah, we did um, a Zoom music class this week, actually, with Emerson and that. I. Yeah, yeah so and it cute. was it was really cool. So it was the he got to see his teacher, you know, with her with her guitar and, and her singing, etc. And then also all of the other kids in the class, so there were eight of them total. And he was just fascinated staring at them. And a couple of them had dogs walk by and he got really excited. And he literally sat on my lap on the kitchen counter, like just banging his maracas on the on the countertop. And it was it was quite cute. He was entertained for most of it. So I am so jealous. Owen will not stop trying to pull the screen down or press keys. Like I've actually had a really hard time. Like my in-laws and family want to zoom with him or whatever. And he just will not leave the screen alone. So it's it's actually gotten very difficult and not a super pleasurable experience. So hopefully yeah, it's I tried, just a short phase. I tried phase. to push it back a little bit. And then at one point I did have to use puffs. Puffs were yeah, involved. I, I could see that. Puffs, puffs always save the day. So they really do. <laughs> All right, guys, so we are going to jump into kind of our topic of conversation today, which is all about um, breastfeeding and hopefully baby feeding. We are being ambitious in how much we're going to try to take on going through kind of our breastfeeding experience and then jumping into how we introduce solids and how that's gone for us. So hopefully we get it to it all today. If not, well, expect part two later. So um, yeah, let's jump into all things breastfeeding. So when you decided what was kind of your your thought process when you found out you were pregnant, and you got to that point, you were deciding about breastfeeding? Um, how did you learn about it, educate yourself? And what was kind of your idea of it going into? So I always knew that I wanted to breastfeed my mom breastfed me. And my husband had always been very supportive of it. He had seen both of his sisters breastfeed. And I think that it was just something that I always intended to do. So it was kind of in the back of my mind. And then during my pregnancy, I bought the book, The Womanly Art of Breastfeeding, which I kind of glanced at and, and looked through during my pregnancy just for kind of a little bit of background. And I found it to be very interesting to learn more about breastfeeding from just you know, more of a, it's not super sciencey, but it's very factual, you could say, perspective. And then I took a breastfeeding class through the hospital, which was rather perfunctory. I, it wasn't, I didn't walk away from it feeling like eons of knowledge. Did you? How, how did yeah, you I took one and I had the same experience. And I, I took it with actually my lactation consultant who was in our pediatrician's office. So I really like her. It just felt very, I had already done that much research. I kind of knew the benefits. And so to me, it was really discussing why it's a good thing, the history of it and stuff like that. And so I was kind of like, eh, okay, I'm, I'm already sold on it. So I don't, I don't need to be sold on it. So, um, yeah. 
oh, I gotcha. Yeah. So more of, yeah, they did a little bit with us too. Like why it's so good for your baby. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously very good for your baby, you know, but it, it, it was like, I'm here because this is what I'm interested in. So I, I yeah. completely know what you mean. Yeah. I, I kind of wanted more information of like, okay, how do I actually do this? As opposed to like, here's the history of it. And she talked even a lot about like how other countries were, which I mean, it was interesting. But again, I, it, I was just, I had already read enough information and wasn't there. So it was fine though, whatever. Yeah, I think that I would say now if like there was a, a mom who's expecting and she wants to breastfeed more than like, a, I mean, a prep class, yeah, you can go to one. They're kind of just, I feel like part of the process. You could certainly get a, get a text. The one that I have, like I said, the Wimley Art of Breastfeeding is very extensive and it's very helpful. I still consult it, in fact, to this day because Emerson's still nursing. But I would say more than anything, it's kind of figure out what will be your support team afterwards. So like talking to your support person, whether that's your husband, your partner, and, and saying, I even hey, think you talking know. to other moms would be really, mm. really helpful. That's I, true. Other I did not too. come from like, my mom didn't nurse. Um, I have some like my sister-in-law, a few other people, and none of them actually breastfed. So I really didn't have that like my mom to turn to and ask. I have one good girlfriend that did and she was really helpful. Um, just just hearing from her how it went and how long she did it and some of the pros and cons or, you know, ups and downs of it. So I would say even in and also knowing though your experience may not be like their experience, but it is just helpful to have somebody that you can have an open dialogue with. So when things get a little crazy, you can at least have someone to commiserate with. That's very true. And then also I would say seeing if possible, whether it's your pediatrician office or through the hospital, and that's a little bit more probably once the baby's arrived, although at that time it can, everything could be so overwhelming, but it was very helpful for me to call our hospital hotline that hooks you directly with a nurse who then will either refer you to like set you up with an appointment with a lactation consultant or give you advice right over the phone. And I found that to be tremendously helpful because it's like yep. in the hospital, it's such a whirlwind, you know, and you totally come home agree. and you're like, totally uh, agree. yeah. Have that person already, you know, in your mind or even, heck, schedule something, you know, schedule something a week out, um, week, week after you've had your baby or something. Mm-hmm. So. Just as like a so. check-in. So so you obviously were similar on the, on the education part. What was it like for you the first few moments and days of, of breastfeeding Owen? Um, so, I mean, it went well. He did the whole breast crawl thing. I will say that is such a distinct memory for me. It's just amazing to me that they just know what to do. And I know everybody, like, I read that everywhere, but he did. He just immediately, like, they lay him on my chest. And I mean, I'd say within three minutes, there he was. I mean, it was totally weird. So everybody that says, it's so natural. Yeah. I mean, I've never had a tiny human sucking on my nipple. So to (laughs) me, it wasn't the most natural thing I've ever experienced, if I'm going to be honest. Um, I mean, it wasn't like gross but it wasn't I I guess I got past the whole okay once I got covered up and was in bed and you know had gotten kind of past the nursing thing then my boobs out which I had never really experienced and I felt pretty pretty funny about it all or like my in-laws came to visit and they're just trying to bust in the room and I'm like no my boobs are out all the time so yeah uh yeah no, but that's that's so funny you mentioned that because Emerson did the same thing. He they, you know, was on my chest and he like immediately knew what he was looking for. He latched right away, like moments, I felt like moments after the birth. And I remember being like, this is incredible. Like, this is what I read about. This is what I wanted. You know, that was one of my, one of my kind of main reasons behind kind of going into his birth the way that I did, trying as much as possible to be, you know, just 
obviously wanted a, a vaginal natural birth and all of that. So that was part of my goal was, okay, so then he'll latch, et cetera. But it's so interesting when it actually happens. I was just like you, Emma. I was like, okay, this is what's supposed to happen. This is natural. It's really cool, but it's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was like, yay, this is exactly what I yes. had wanted. And it's weird. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, just yep. just ups and downs. But for me, you know, the first couple of days in the hospital were fine. Um, a lactation consultant popped in once or twice. And they glanced at me and they said, great, everything's going great. Sure. You know, and I, mm-hmm. I didn't really have any pain or anything. But I will say for me personally, that changed really quickly. The first two or three weeks were terrible. I got completely blistered and bled on both nipples. Oh. Um, yeah, it was really bad. And so that's when I did go see our lactation consultant at the pediatrician's office. I'm pretty sure I cried every time I walked into her office because I was confused and didn't know what I was doing wrong. And I was so invested in doing it that that's all I kept saying is like, what am I doing wrong? And we did find a few problems that were the issue. He actually ended up going to some physical therapy for he just had some tightness in his neck that was causing some like jaw restriction and stuff. But it was not um, the best experience. And I think had I not had somebody to go to had a very supportive husband and also just been the most stubborn person in the world because I was not going to quit um, I would have because there were moments when it was time for him to feed again and that like I don't know he was like 10 days old and my husband would be like I think he's hungry babe and I would just cry because I was in so much pain and the idea of doing it again was just god awful Mm -hmm. but you know we we did get it through but I, I just won't say it wasn't easy. So that was just my experience. How about you? How were those early days? Well, I would say definitely, definitely can relate to what you said, though, about being stubborn, having a supportive husband, and then obviously having the resources of being able to go speak with a lactation consultant. Those are truly all of the reasons why I have been breastfeeding this this long and why I didn't ever stop along the way, because it was also challenging. I mean, the first first few days in the hospital, very much like you described, a whirlwind, like the nurses come by, everything seems fine. My milk came in pretty quickly. It was like very, very fully in within about, um, I'd say about 48 hours after his Wasn't birth. Wasn't that so being engorged feeling so weird? <gasps> like so, so weird. uncomfortable. It's literally like you feel like your breasts are pushing your chin up. Those are things I wish people had told me about. Me too. And nobody really talks about how weird all of that is. And yeah, my boobs just felt like they were about to explode. And I am not large chested. So for me, it felt like I had, I don't know, it was so bizarre. But they were just so, it's such an uncomfortable feeling, I guess. It was so weird. So yeah. anyway, just no, things that I was like, somebody should have told me about this. Yeah, just like that. I remember the when I went and bought a nursing bra during my pregnancy, just for a more comfortable bra option that would I could wear after. Um, the baby was here. I remember the woman being like, and they're only just going to get bigger. And I was like, oh, yeah, right. No, they're, no, that's not true. And I was like, oh, that woman was right. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. got much bigger. They got much bigger. Those first few weeks were insane. Yeah. So, like, it was just definitely uncomfortable for me. And then some nipple pain kind of on and off, basically right from the beginning. And then a little bit for me was an oversupply issue, which I do realize in many ways can be considered a blessing because – I had a lot of milk, which is a positive thing, but it was also a little challenging because sometimes it was too much for Emerson. Um, it would, you know, kind of squirt or like, yeah, I could like see that he was choking on it or it was just, you know, once he would eat on one side only and be full. And so then I'd be in a lot of pain on the other side. So trying to balance and manage all of that was definitely challenging for me at the beginning. In addition well, I think to just it's some, hard you know, to learn, pain. like, 
that's the stuff I wish I had been taught in a class was how, you know, the the ins and outs of pumping. When do you want to start? What are the pros and cons of starting mm-hmm. early? When should you actually pump? Because I got kind of a lot of conflicting information. Like my pediatrician gave me some advice, which I like him a lot. I do not think he's a breastfeeding expert because mm-hmm. he gave me some mm-hmm. really crappy advice. Um, you know, yeah. and so I didn't really understand introducing the pump, when I should do it, when I should not, what you know, to me, an oversupply sounded awesome, which I never had, but I realized actually it's not a good thing to have. So there was just a lot of the practical parts of breastfeeding that I wish I had better education on. Same, absolutely. And it was things that I kind of learned like along the way, you could say, but it, it, in the moment when it's happening, you just feel so, so confused, you know? And I think that I was just very eager to be able to like sleep for maybe three hours at a time so I could pump a little bit and then give somebody a bottle to give to Emerson. Well, the problem with that is that, you know, I pump a little bit, he drinks from the bottle, and then he drinks from me, but it almost kind of felt like I was telling my body to make more milk than was actually needed. So that is kind of what contributed as well was my desire to just have a little bit of time. You know, obviously it wasn't like, wasn't like I was heading down the street to like, you know, meet friends for brunch. I mean, I was going upstairs to sleep for an hour, but It was just a little bit of that that I wish someone would have said, look, the first few weeks are going to be brutal, but it's worth it to just breastfeed completely on demand, never pump or anything because then your supply will establish. I think there's also a little bit of a fear of like not having enough milk. Mm -hmm, Like to me, that was always a fear was that like my supply was going to dip and I wasn't going to have enough. And so that was always a little bit of a panic in my mind. So I think... At times, you know, maybe overdoing it a little bit here and there because I was so worried about that being an issue. Yeah, no, I was too. I I think in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, I think a part of me thought back to like my history going through, you know, HA with all that, the hypothalamic amenorrhea. And I was like, I don't want in any way to, you know, I want to always make sure I'm eating enough, always make sure I'm drinking enough because I don't want in any way my body to think that it doesn't need to produce milk. I don't know why, but like I kind of like associated it with that, right? I was like, if my I body had the doesn't... exact same feeling. Well, I think yeah. it's because we kind of felt like we did some damage to our bodies and, you know, they had consequences. And mm-hmm. so I think we we're, I was personally very afraid that my past history would, you know, come back and somehow negatively affect my baby because it had impacted my fertility journey. And so mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. very mindful and concerned that, you know, to make sure I was doing enough. So were you as hungry as I was? <laughs> Girl, was I as hungry? I literally... I mean, okay, I shouldn't say was. That was. sounds past I was, tense. Yeah, yeah, I know. No. Yeah. Still, still I know. always hungry. I know. It's literally like breakfast, second breakfast, lunch, snack, second lunch. Uh, it's I a just, lot of feeding. Mine has simmered down, I will say, but... I'd that's say valid. The first no, that's valid. six, the first six months, but it, even those first, God, those first three months, I I never okay. had a huge hunger increase when I was pregnant. I mean, I, yeah, I, I ate I didn't more either, actually. I, yeah, ate more, but it but wasn't not, crazy. Like yeah. I wasn't. I didn't starving. like. I would never like people say eat for two. No, there was no. never a time. The only thing that was different for me, I would say, pregnant was it's actually kind of how it is now. Multiple snacks a day, right? Like yeah. mm-hmm. more than two hours, and my stomach would be growling. Yep, yep. I would get hungry quicker. But breastfeeding, I mean, 
the the ravenous hunger that I felt. I just I ate every time I woke up in the middle of the night. I had a stack of like Lara bars and RX bars and I eat yogurt and all sorts of stuff. But I would wake up when he'd need to feed at 2 a.m. and 5 a.m. and I'd wake up and immediately have to drink water and shove something in my mouth because I was so hungry. And it was just almost inconvenient and kind of alarming. And I think maybe some of that's my like past HA that, you know, I was I was scared to be that hungry all the time to mm-hmm. an extent. But I mean, it was not something I could restrict or had any desire to. I just ate all the food and, you know, still eat a lot now. It's, it is a lot to keep up with. We had a couple of two hungry boys. So... Yeah. yeah, I was very similar to you. Just I was shocked. I, I remember he would he would latch and start nursing and I would immediately need to drink water like immediately like the thirst would hit me like a pang of thirst. And I'm very good about drinking water. I've I drink a lot of water all day long every day. Like I, I enjoy it. it can be still it can be sparkling. It can be hot. It can be cold. It doesn't matter. I drink water. But I found that when I was nursing, I wanted it to be ice cold. And I wanted it to be like Tons, like I would go upstairs for like the night with like a Nalgene, 32 ounces and another 20 ounce cup. And that would maybe get me through his first or second feeding of the night. So you are better than me. I actually struggled. I, I did drink a lot initially and that's fallen off a lot and it's not my forte. So it's something I have to be a little bit mindful of. Um, girl, and I did and notice some like, wine. there's water in yep. that. It's true. I do drink a lot of that. So, <laughs> I'm just um, you. and I will. Well, no, I mean, I do drink a lot of coffee. I don't drink actually a lot of wine. I am drinking wine right now, but um, I don't drink a ton. But, um, and I noticed though, actually, water did impact my supply. And I did also notice that if I went through phases where I was not eating enough, and that was usually just due to being busy. So when mm-hmm. I got back to work, my schedule changed and I didn't have time to shove down. And you went pretty snacks. quick. So I wasn't back to Pure Bar until I want to say about five months postpartum, four months and oh, three, yeah, basically back five months. Eight weeks. Yeah. Months. So you were, you know what I'm saying? That yeah. was, yeah, that's like, yeah. I can see how, I mean, I felt the mom brain at five months. So I can see how at eight weeks you are you're still, your mind is so many places, you're not always thinking about fueling yourself. Oh, I was having a panic attack the entire time because I was so worried about what was going on with my child not being there. So I did not have the easiest, that that should be a whole different topic of conversation of, you know, that time period. But yeah, I definitely did not do the best. And I also, I couldn't, I couldn't really pump at work because I trained clients just back to back to back and I didn't have enough time to do it. So I did have a little bit of a hard adjustment of I saw some supply dips and stuff during that transition of going back to work. And I Mm. had to put in a little extra effort. I felt so bad. So many of my clients, if one of them was running three minutes late, they'd come in and they'd be like, Emma, and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm in the bathroom pumping and shoving a bar in my face. I'll be right there. (laughs) So (laughs) thankfully, my clients are lovely and they know me very well and they were very patient understanding. But it was definitely a, a difficult transition just to make sure I was taking care of myself in order to take care of little man so yeah and i and i find that even now the hunger is just it's something that i think i think you really said it perfectly because of the past and the fact that we both had in our past like times of like restricting food or being hyper aware of our hunger and kind of quick to ignore it at times if we didn't deem it you know necessary to eat etc then of course we went through everything we discussed in in a previous episode going through ha where we really focusing on recovering and focusing on healing. And those those habits really did kind of go to the wayside. And then, of course, in, in pregnancy, we're so focused on nourishing the baby. But it is strange, though, to be the baby's out, you know, and you're, you feel in your mind, like, I'm just breastfeeding. How am I so hungry? 
But just like you, like, it wasn't like I could stop it, right? It wasn't like I was like, how am I so hungry? I think I'll skip that. I was like, how am I so hungry? I will eat that. <laughs> like, and I know some women that are never, super yeah. into like, you know, I want to get back to my pre-pregnancy weight, so I'm going to get on this diet. There is no chance I could have done that if I wanted to, which I did not care about. That was not my focus, thankfully. But I mean, there was just no way at a few months Physical postpartum, way. I was yeah. going to be able to diet. I, you know, I just had to eat and I trusted my hunger and I eat well. I eat quality food. You know, there was still obviously some good stuff. I, I eat dessert and that kind of thing. But yeah, I just had to, it was a good lesson in trusting my body and, mm-hmm. you know, just doing what I need to do to, to support it. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's really important. And I've had just a couple of girlfriends that have just mentioned like, oh, you know, I'm, my supplies dipping a little bit, or I'm feeling like this. And, you know, what do you suggest? And my first thing, like right out the shoot is how's your water intake and how's your food? And can you up your snacks? And what is your output? Like as far as exercise or energy output and literally in, in the case of just these couple friends where this conversation came up, it was, you know, you're right. I've been a little bit busier. I haven't been snacking as much. Or, you know, I, I, I started back up at the gym just a couple days a week, but that was a change for my body. And it's like, I think that, you know, your, our bodies are so sensitive right now. Even now, like Emerson and I go on walks and I love it. But today we did two walks and I guarantee that the extra snack I had before the second walk and then the snack I had when we got back from the walk are just because my body is still breastfeeding him. It needs the extra energy. And even if it feels strange to eat kind of like a 14-year-old boy all the time, I'm like, well, okay. You know? Yep. Oh, I'm totally with you. So, so what have been some of the best parts? Obviously, so we are both still breastfeeding at, you know, 14 plus months. Um, Yes, it's a long journey. What have been some of the best parts of it for you? What's kind of kept you going at this point? I would say just the fact that I knew uh, the benefits of breastfeeding, that was that was definitely something that I felt, you know, very positive about that I this is something that I'm able to give to Emerson. It's a gift I can give him, even though he's outside of my womb, you know, it sounded a little womb. cheesy, but I don't know why that word. That word <laughs> it is a funny you word. You sounded very serious there. He's outside of my womb. Sorry. <laughs> yes, he is. Well, he really don't ex- is, Don't He's expect me to take things too seriously. It sounded, <laughs> sounded very intense, but go back to your important moment. You were being very poignant. I'm sorry to interrupt. That's fine. I'm going to I'm gonna start over and I'm going to tell you. He's outside of my tummy. He's no longer Outside of your tummy. uterine cavity. <laughs> Wish my husband was here. He could give us some fancy words. I know. No. <laughs> uh, for the for all that anatomy. But yeah, so I would say that it felt like a gift that I can and was able to to give him that also comes from my body. So I thought that was pretty cool. So I've that's been something. And you know, we talked a little bit earlier about feeling stubborn and I think I was stubborn. I, I dealt with some some nipple pain and in fact, Emerson, we took him to both a pediatric ear, nose and throat specialist and also to a pediatric dentist because I wanted to have him you know, looked at for a potential tongue tie, just because some of the issues that I was having really did resonate with a tongue tie. And both specialists actually looked at him and did say there is a very minor tongue and lip tie, very minor. But our recommendation is if it's just simply your pain, occasional pain is not to do anything. And so I said, well, okay, I'm not going to cut him, you know, in the lip or the, the tongue if it's the sole person who's suffering here is me with an occasional nipple pain because his latch isn't ideal. And so that was like, I guess you could say a sacrifice that I made because I kept breastfeeding him, but it's also become one of the most positive parts for me because I just was very persistent and I feel proud of that. So that's something that has been a really good part. And then the final thing that's been really wonderful is that 
it's still breastfeeding him now. The relationship of breastfeeding him has changed. And so now he, he smiles, he laughs. It's like actually very cute. He's very interactive. Um, sometimes it's a little annoying. Like tonight he was like poking me in the nose and trying to pull off my glasses and laughing. And I, yeah, I got bit tonight. So yeah, oh, that's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Biting. Too, Yay. Yeah. Teething babies. Ugh. So that, but those, those would be the, the positives for me. What about for you? What have been some of the, the highlights? I think it was just, it's very bonding. Um, just that time together is just something that was really important and special and bonding. Um, I've mentioned a few times that he was very colicky as a baby. So I hate to say this, but that was mainly the only time he wasn't screaming. And so it was really important. It was really important to have that physical contact and that sweetness and just, I don't know, feeling like I could comfort my kid in, in some way I thought was really special. And it still is for that, that very reason. Um, I think that's the number one reason I've continued to do it is now it's mostly easy. I mean, he's kind of a wild man these days, but you know, he just sometimes does a little drive by and then we move on with our day. So it's not too big of a deal. Uh, <laughs> Seriously, he did that earlier. I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening to my life Don't you feel like you have like an open bar? Like, I came up today and pulled down my shirt. I was like, excuse me. Oh, oh, okay. I'm going to go TMI here. But Owen now thinks it's really funny to, and he's not even trying to nurse. He just thinks it's funny now. When I'm wearing a low cut shirt, he'll pull it down and pinch my nipple and just cackle. He just thinks it's the funniest (laughs) thing in the world. They're apparently, apparently my nipples are very, very amusing. And it's so funny because before all of this, I... I'm kind of a prude. I mean, I'm not a person even around my husband to walk around like topless or any of that. And it's so funny now that I'm just like, meh, just whip a boob out. I'm like, my husband has seen my boobs more in the past, you know, 14 months than he definitely ever has in our eight years together. So <laughs> I love that. No, it's so true. Yeah, you don't even really think about it. You're like, oh, it's more convenient to have a shirt off, but you're not trying to like seduce anybody, you know? Mm. Definitely not. And that's, yeah, that's, that's, we'll, Although, we'll talk about that maybe another time. <laughs> yeah, that's another conversation. Although one, one perk though, like a visual perk I have to say is when I wake up in the morning and my boobs are super full and I need to nurse him and I get a glance in the mirror, I'm always like, hey girl, because it's, <laughs> it's pretty like, it's like the boob job that I don't have, you know? I will say I feel the exact same way. But as then I by said, the end I've, of the day, like right now, if I looked in the mirror, I'd be oh, like, yeah. Totally different. Hey totally different. Totally like different. I mean, sad I've always been small, small chested. And so, yeah, when I wake up in the morning, especially I usually put on a sports bra and it's kind of a V-neck one. And lately, since I've been working out at home since, you know, quarantined, um, I work out my sports bra and I'll catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror and I'm like, oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, then he nurses and I'm like, womp. Wow. Well, my husband and I were doing just a, a yoga video the other day during Emerson's first nap. So they still were, you know, my boobs were still pretty big because I'd only fed him, but, you know, just like for the morning at that time. And at one point we're doing like a plank or something. My husband looks over at me. He's like, hey, honey. And I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a private yoga class. So you guys do what That's you need true. to do. That's true. I wish That's I could follow this up with, I mean, yes, and then, and then. But really, all that happened was we finished the yoga class. And, and you're like, honey, I'm trying to get my workout in. Do you Yeah, mind? exactly. I'm like, pause off, please. Keep your eyes on your own mat. Isn't that what yoga teachers say? Yeah, that that is it's good advice for life too. Like you always tell me, keep stay in your own lane. I like that. Yep, exactly. So, what has been probably the most difficult part? I guess you kind of touched on the the lovely nipple pain. So, has that kind of been yeah, the, the struggle? It. Yep, that's yep. the struggle. Yep, and then just I kind of 
I guess I say that was a struggle, but then I come back by saying, how did I solve it? I did seek out two specialists just because I wanted that. I educated myself more on it. I joined a breastfeeding group on Facebook just for a little bit more, more knowledge about it. I looked, looked it up in my womanly art of breastfeeding book. And I did utilize the help um, hotline that I mentioned from my hospital. And then I had a separate meeting with a lactation consultant and then a few different phone consults. So it was obviously very challenging, but I feel like those are things you can really counter back. Some women find that a women's group is helpful. You mentioned earlier, Emma, and I really agree, having something with, you know, with a friend you can call or friends you can reach out to. Those types of things are really helpful. And I know with you, I've asked you multiple times, like, hey, how many times a day is Owen feeding now? What's your schedule like? And that isn't related to nipple pain, but that's just a point to say that you can use like your friends who are maybe a step ahead of you to kind of gauge where you're at and to ask questions. And so I would say that for me, the hardest part of my journey has also taught me how to seek out help and support, you could say. So- yeah, I'm I'm completely in the same boat. We definitely have had a lot of challenges. Um, I actually ended up with what my lactation consultant said was probably some nerve damage from just his poor latch, even though it's just been so weird because she'd look at him and she'd say, you know, he seemed to have a pretty good latch. And yet, you know, the nipple pain persisted. So, um, but I mean, it was really nice. We were in Facebook groups together and I could always reach out and ask questions and yeah, see mm-hmm. what people were doing and how that was going and all that. Um, Kellymom.com is my mm, number one. Kellymom.com. I mean, I don't know how many times I Googled because I thought I had thrush one time and I thought Me I too. had this or thrush. that. You oh know? my gosh. Yes. yes I was I terrified that because Me that too. seemed like a chronic thing that was really hard to solve. I was like, I'm going to buy so much coconut oil. I know. I tried I tried all the things. Well, I went through so for me every time that I had major nipple pain, I had to do the only thing that fixed it was I had to do a saline soak. And that was the only way I could ever heal my nipples so they would not be in terrible pain. So, it was just a lot of, you know, back and forth, but that was it was really hard. There was times that it went from being bonding to miserable, and there was also times that when he would wake up in the middle of the night, I felt like I was the only person that could get up and do anything. And if I could do it again, we might do things differently. And I might have let dad do more bottles, but we didn't do that for a really long time. And Owen never took a bottle. Great. He did take them because we had a nanny, but he literally probably took three or four bottles a week ever yeah and, and then he all of a sudden like he like cold turkey yeah he stopped his he was he, like done. weaned himself mm-hmm. and so and and so i would leave him with the nanny and i left for four four and a half hours and i'd come home and she'd be like yeah he hadn't eaten all the entire time which was so stressful and you know mm-hmm. then he'd like jump me the second he'd come home i'd walk in the door and so obviously he was hungry so anyway that was always just kind of a thing so i might do that differently should we have a second child introduce a little bit more bottles so i wasn't the only source um that got to be a little exhausting and burnout at times and in j- touched out at times that was also a big thing i remember at the end of the night i'd come upstairs and my dog would try to like curl up in my lap and i'm like do not touch me you know i was just <laughs> done having somebody on me so um yeah so that was kind of some of the tough parts so you yeah. know the fun fact is we are both still breastfeeding so what are we doing why are we doing this how many times did we say we were going to be done at a year i know 
I know. Yeah. What did I Here say? We are. I said something really crazy. Well, you're supposed to be you, pregnant already. OMG. So... OMG. Yeah, I literally, this, is, this was to been after like a really wonderful, chill day with Emerson. I think I told you it was like seven months. I was like seven months old. I was like, yeah, I think like, you know, by like the spring, we'll be trying again. And now I'm like, OMG, no. I just, Honey, even at that moment, I was like, yeah, you let me know how that goes because I was, yeah, and no. I'm still not there. Yeah, not but, there. But yeah, so we're um, still so why are we still breastfeeding? Honestly, it's it's become easier in many ways now, right? So I haven't had to touch my pump since he had a little, like a two-meal nursing strike about a week ago, week and a half ago. It ended up just being random, but I did have to break my pump out because he didn't eat anything before bed and just to help myself not feel uncomfortable overnight. But I... I would just say that it's it's become more simple. He does genuinely seem to enjoy it. He nurses four times a day now. And it's just something we're still doing. I would say that another kind of side impetus is we're still obviously in flu season and we're in COVID season. And I don't know necessarily if they have proved that breastfeeding does anything at all to prevent or support recovery from COVID-19. But in my mind, I'm like, it can't hurt. So... And then I would say the other reason is that right now, if all of a sudden he stopped breastfeeding this second, I would absolutely have to pump and wean myself down because I my my body is not in a position now for him to stop nursing and then my bulk would just dry up. Like I would be extremely uncomfortable. So I think I desire that things just become more and more gradual and so that then when it is time to stop that there isn't, I don't have to like pump it down. Does that make sense? Do you have like a goal or like a, okay, this is kind of my like hard stop or, you know, soft stop, soft, you know, <laughs> what kind I, of, I really would like to be done. California but, stop? What yeah, kind of exactly. Stop exactly. Laid back stop. Yeah. <laughs> so honestly, it all has to do with, you know, we do think we want to try for another child. We've discussed it. My husband and I have discussed it multiple times. And so for me, it would be all about getting my period back. So, okay, if all of a sudden I got my period back, like let's just say it comes tomorrow, I then would not really be thinking at all about when to wean. You know, I don't necessarily want yeah. Emerson to be 15 and nursing. <laughs> oh, why not? Be so good for him. I bet he'd be like the smartest kid on the block. <laughs> he would definitely get into medical school. Then. Baby genius. Um, but I wouldn't really think about it so much. I mean, perhaps tandem nursing is a whole nother topic, but I just feel like while breastfeeding, I mean, everything that, that I've read and studied, especially through Dr. Rinaldi's book has said that only about 20% of women who have had HA in the past and are breastfeeding get their periods back while breastfeeding. The vast majority don't get them back until after they have fully weaned. And so that all being said, I would imagine that if I start rounding maybe like the 18-month mark, so that would be like, oh, gosh, that's four months away. I know. I that's what keeps being weird. I know. I it said the weird. same thing the other I day. I just said as I was like, That's getting weird. Four I was months. like 18 months. And then I was like, mm He's going to be 15 months next week. So, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, two years. Let's just say that. Yeah. Let's just say yeah, that. Let's just fair. call it what it is. That'd be, that'd be next February. When he's running up and placing his order and, you know. Yeah, when he's thing. like, actually, mm-hmm. I would like a caramel macchiato breast milk yeah, latte. Yeah. Yes, please. Please. So that's kind of where I'm at because I think that that would be so just imagining, you know, at a two-year mark and then he weans and then, you know, because I I want to be as positive as possible that, oh, yeah, he'll just stop nursing and my period will come back. But I also want to be realistic. Like my period wasn't regular prior to his arrival. So I want to, I guess, give my body a chance in that regard too. But that's a very long, 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 long winded answer. What about you? 
Yeah, I don't know. It's definitely been a little bit more on my mind lately. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know why I have it in my head. Like, there has to be a stopping point. Like, when is this going to end? And it's not even that I'm, like, tired of it. In fact, I would be so devastated if we stopped, like, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, in some days, though, he seems less interested. And then days like today, we nurse five times. Five times. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, that's because he, hmm, we, we're teething. We have molars coming in. So we woke up at 4.30 in the morning. So uh, that molars. was, you know, but we've we've gone between three times a day for quite a while, actually. And when he dropped to one nap, we were just doing three times a day. Then we kind of bumped back up to four. We've done an occasional five. So I'm kind of just letting him lead the way. Um, like, I'm not offering except for when he wakes up before his nap and then at bedtime so i'm only really offering three times a day but now he's at the stage and this is what's i mean this sounds weird in my head but it's not weird but you know it was mid-afternoon and he went and sat at the nursing chair and started banging on the nursing chair and looking (laughs) at me like hello i would like my afternoon snack and I, i don't mind you know that's fine it's not a big deal it was short it's no big deal um I do worry a little bit. So I was diagnosed with osteopenia before I got pregnant. And I do worry about bone density issues while nursing. Mm. There has been some correlation there. So of not having a period and my continued lower bone density. So I do worry about it. But I kind of feel like, you know, a couple months in the grand scheme, it's not enough to motivate me. But I do want my period back at some point. I do not know if that will happen from weaning. I do not think I will get it back still nursing four to five times a day. I don't think that's going to happen. So I would like to wean by two. Um, we talked about definitely opening up the conversation seriously about having a second child at two. I would ideally like kids three years apart. Although some days I definitely want an only child. So, you know, depends on the day of the week. Same. Um, yep. Yesterday was definitely an only child day. Today, I'm like, oh, babies, they're so cute. So just depends. But regardless, I don't have a hard stop. I do not have any interest personally. This is not hating against anybody. I don't want a tandem. I don't really want to nurse while I'm pregnant. I do just want a little bit of time to have my body be my own, my boobs be my own, mm-hmm. um, even if yeah. I'm pregnant. So I, I, I will aim to wean by two but i i truly hope it's him leading the way and just having less interest in me not offering and just letting that run its course which seeing the changes recently i i do think that will happen um yeah so yeah i think they they just they're busy boys you know the more they're moving around the more that they're doing their their thing you know i i find that sometimes it is easier to distract emerson so like kind of similar to you i nurse him in the the morning and then before first nap, before second nap, and then before bed. So sometimes when he wakes up from second nap, kind of similar. Sometimes you can just tell he's, you know, he's kind of goes over to the nursing chair or whatever. And, and especially because he's still on the two nap schedule, I'm like, all right, buddy, you're going to be having, you know, a nursing session before bed. Like, let's just go downstairs and have a snack. And then he's usually That's like, what I did, you know, today, so. today I was like, hey, buddy, you want to go have some banana? And he's like, oh, okay. You know, and so if that's how it is, cool. You know, it would be mm-hmm. one thing, though, if he's like, has a meltdown and is having a tantrum because he desperately wants to nurse. I would probably just let him nurse. But he was totally okay with just going and having some banana and peanut butter. So, you know, we'll just continue to see how it goes. I truthfully never thought I would nurse this long. Uh, I really thought at a year that was just kind of a thing that people stopped 
doing. Yeah, so totally. it's interesting. And it's interesting because for some people, they did. Like, I know some people in our group that I've talked to that are like, yeah, we just weaned it a year. And I'm kind of like, how did you do that? Yeah. But I'm not, this is a short window in our lives and it's a special time for us. And I'm very grateful that it has gone on this long and that it continues to be a positive relationship for both of us. So. And, you know, I think one also thing to point out is that we both have the luxury slash have made the choice, right? So, cause I feel like it's, this is, this is certainly something we'll discuss more when we chat careers, but you know, it's a, it's a luxury, right? That we can stay at home for, you know, I know both of us work part time currently not at this present moment as much, but I know you're doing some, some Zoom. Um, oh, that doesn't count as anything. That's saved yeah. my sanity training. So yeah, but, but still, like you know what I mean. And I'm yeah, doing yeah. just a few some yeah. French some French um, kind of lessons and stuff, private lessons online through Zoom. But I'm obviously not teaching Pure Bar right now. And but the point is that so is obviously that was our choice, right? And it, it the luxury I say luxury because it was it was financially possible, even if things are tight. Obviously, not having not having us working full time. There is something to be said for the fact that it is a lot easier, I would say, to have an extended breastfeeding journey, if you consider anything past a year, perhaps extended, because we're not necessarily needing to continue pumping at an office, for example. Oh, so, absolutely. If I, yeah. I hated so I pumping. That. I Me hated too. pumping. I also yes. never got much milk pumping. So that was something I think me and you differed on. You would tell me sometimes how much you would get in a few minutes or like a quick session. I barely ever got more than two ounces pumping ever. So, and I still managed to, you know, I have a decent freezer supply that we're quickly burning through now, but I never responded to the pump very well, no matter how much I tried. And that's, that's some women's journey. And I hated pumping. So had I gone back to work full time? No, this would probably not be my situation. And that's totally okay. So everybody's mm-hmm. journey and situation exactly. is just oh, so different. So yes, I, I do think it, it plays a big role that we have been around our boys so much. And maybe even now, maybe with the COVID thing, I, I do think we'd also be nursing less if I was working and I wasn't so true. as readily home. But you know, now yeah. I am and it's no big deal. I would not still be pumping right now. So I haven't and, pumped since he was 12 months old. So, And the other thing too is I think that, yeah, we would be obviously working and, you know, life would be, life would be really at a different pace. Like right now, yeah, very much. life is mm-hmm. exactly the same every single day. And I mean, we're, you know, especially in, in the case with Emerson, he's still on the two nap schedule. And I'm like, right now, I'm like, look, I don't really have the bandwidth to rock that boat right now. You know, like we're yeah, just going to keep no. up with that. Survival, so, whatever yeah, you need, kid. There's a yeah. lot, yeah, a lot going on, I think that, that contributes. But I would say that, if a mother has the option to give breastfeeding a try and it's something that interests her and that she would like to try, I would I would encourage any mother, if, if they have the interest and if it, it makes sense for them and their families, to give it a try, but then to go into it expecting this is not necessarily going to be as simple and easy and natural as everybody, quote unquote, everybody. Although if you really talk to people, they'll probably be honest, as as, as people might think. And, and I would just say, you know, got to really surround yourself with the resources and almost do like a daily check-in. Like, why am I doing this? Like, I have not loved every single nursing session or even every day of breastfeeding. Like, that would be a lie if I said that. But when I look at the overall picture, you know, and and one thing that I really like that the breastfeeding group that I'm a part of on Facebook says is that, you know, you don't look at it, you know, you don't look on day one when your nipples hurt or day 15 when they hurt or month three when your baby, you know, is 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 really fussy or month six when they're teething and bite you. Like, don't look at it like in the moments, look at it more like as 
Okay, so we're 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 doing breastfeeding for today. This is this is the goal. The goal is today, and then just allow the days to accumulate. And then all of a sudden, you look back and you're like, "Wow, it's been two months," or "Wow, it's been six months." And that that was helpful advice for me. So, yep, same, absolutely. It's one day at a time. It's a big picture thing. And I think every time I hit my wall of like, "Oh, I can't do this anymore," it was like, "Give it another couple of days." And then if you mm-hmm. still feel the same, then fine, you know. But I never, I never did. You know, things got better, and it ended up being worth it in the end. And you know, I have no idea how this will go with a second kid because I do think how much harder it's going to be when we have an older child running around that we also needs our attention. You know, it's not the same situation as we can sit there and nurse quietly with our sleeping baby for 45 minutes. So, Such you know, I just acknowledge that every experience will be different and this is just ours. So, Yeah, and that really is good advice. My husband said that to me too. Like, you know, on my very hard days, he would be like, today was a very hard day. Let's see how tomorrow is. And almost always tomorrow was maybe a slightly different version of hard, but you know, it was, it was definitely different enough that I was like, you know what, what I want to press on. So so that, that really is a good point. And, you know, just, just taking it as it comes and realizing that there are resources out there. And I couldn't believe it took us what, like 33 minutes in the episode. I I, I couldn't help but glance at the time when we mentioned kellymom.com because that is a resource that we both use. And she has a legit article on everything. Everything. She's so important. Yeah. So So that's definitely something that. So obviously we did not get this podcast into um, the transition into solids. So we're going to save that for another day because yeah, we like to run our mouths. So you're lucky. Yeah. And it's a fun one. You got to hear all about our boobs for, you know, way too long, but that's how we roll. So thanks for hanging in there with us. Absolutely. And it'll be a lot of fun too, because on our next episode, we have the great fortune of interviewing Alicia Peterson. And she is a I always say this wrong, the acronym IBCLC. That's correct, right, Emma? Yep. You International got it. Board Certified Lactation Consultant and also an RN. And she's based in Arizona, but she does, especially right now during COVID-19, she's doing tons of stuff online, doing online appointments and phone consults, et cetera. And, but also post this period, obviously here, she's, she does that. She works um, for herself and she has her company, Mama Bird Lactation Services. So we have the opportunity to interview her on our next episode. So be sure to tune in to that, but we're so glad you all could join us today. Thanks so much for listening and checking us out. And as always, if you have just a minute to run over to iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to us, um, yeah, take a second to rate and review us. I do just want to say, I think we became a legit podcast today because we got our first two-star review. So thank you for that. Whoever did that, I hope you're not still listening. No, I'm just kidding. But really, we did. I was like, oh, we see, did? somebody, yeah, somebody told me, though, because we have 17 reviews or something like that. Wait, and we was had there a first... comment? Wait, was there a no, comment? No, I know. I was like, leave a comment, man. Tell me, I mean, at least give me some constructive criticism. But yeah, actually, let's I, constructive criticism. I no, for real. zero problem with that. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, we give each other constructive criticism all the time. All the time, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it made me laugh just because I had a friend that's a podcast who was like, you're not really a podcast till you get your first crappy review. So I was like, well, at least we got a crappy rating. So I guess we're we're getting to be legit. So, we're getting but, legit. Hey, we're getting people anyway. that don't necessarily love everything we have to say. What a shock. And that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> you know what? That's every episode, okay. especially, is not going to be for every person. Because somebody's like, I don't care about your boobs. And they might not listen to this one. But they might care about, you know, the next episode. So yep. anyway. Well, we are legit. Yep. That's, that's, the, that's the moral here. Yeah. Yep. Too legit so, to quit. 
Yep. And we're going to quit because it's past my bedtime. And yeah, it's way past my bedtime. I've been and up the since 4 o'clock. So, and the wine's gone. gone. So thanks, guys. Thanks so much for listening. No, we really appreciate it. And we will talk to you guys next week. All right, everyone. Talk to you soon. Bye.